And a little festive Christmas music to kind of get everybody in the mood today as we are deep into the 2020 holiday season. And yes, 2020 has about a I don't know, about a half a month left, and finally we can turn the page and, and move on. But it is Christmas time, nonetheless, and it is Christmas time here on the pod. On a special Saturday edition, um, typically I would be coming at you tomorrow on the Eagle pregame show, but today I have a very special treat in store for myself and you. Um, I'm going to have a very special guest on the other side of this pod, WIP show producer, and football expert Tucker Bagley, a returning uh, guest of the pod, is going to join me. And we're going to talk everything Eagles, as it's been a very event- eventful week this week in Philadelphia for the Eagles. The naming of Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Saints. The end of Jason Peters' run, you know, probably in the entire National Football League, as he was kind of shut down this season due to a ankle injury. And everything else that has been the dumpster fire of the 2020 Eagles season will be discussed with Tucker in depth. Tucker has been a great contributor here. I've had him on many times. Um, he, again, is a, a person that the reason why I wanted to talk to Tucker today was because, as I've said before, and I've said it on this pod, I've said it to him, I've said it to a lot of people that for good or for bad or for up or for down, I will always think of Tucker Bagley and his cohort, Joe Giglio, when it comes to Jalen Hurts because of the timing and the situation and the circumstances that were around the pick of Jalen Hurts back in April. I was a listening to their show. It was the, it was Tucker who broke the news. Now, the way he broke the news was as they were heading into a commercial, he broke the reported news that the Eagles were taking a player that I believe his quote was, you're not going to believe who the um, projected player that the Eagles are going to take is going to be. And then when he said that, I obviously then moved around and looked around and see where he kind of found that information and obviously saw it via social media that it was, of course, Jalen Hurts. But uh, he will always be tied to Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. That's just how in my crazy brain I, you know, equate things. So I'm looking forward to talking to Tucker here in a little bit as we will we'll talk about the Eagles. We'll talk about a lot of different things that have come out this week. And it's and it's funny as I as I've stated all along. I mean I I know I I know what I know and I know what I saw of this team over the last two seasons. And then when I saw the schedule in May, I saw it. You know, I saw it coming and everybody has really been I've had various opinions about you know, I've been told I'm illogical. 
it was an illogical uh, prediction to say that the wheels would come off, Carson would be benched, and Doug would be fired. But I kind of go with the other side of that. What do you? What was illogical about what we saw from this football team in 2018 <coughs> and 2019 that makes what happened this year so out of the realm of understanding? The team was inadequately rostered, especially last year. Carson's problems have been since he came back from the ACL injury week three of 2018. What is so illogical about this? Doug has been under fire since last season about his play calling and his lack of, you know, who's running the show down there type of thing. So what is so illogical about what happened this season? You couple in yet another inadequate free agent round in 2020 and another bad draft. So, again, I ask everybody, why am I the illogical one? I think in a lot of ways I was just the one that saw through the bullshit and was like, this is it. This is all going to fall apart this year because we have yet we have not addressed the needs on this football team. And it's been a very popular sentiment across the airwaves this week in Philadelphia that, you know, Carson is broken. Carson is broken and he can't be fixed. Or Carson is broken and he can be fixed, but it won't be here. Or Carson needs to sit because he's broken, take a break, and he can come back and finish out his career here in Philadelphia. There's been all kinds of different varying opinions about what ails Carson Wentz and what has been the cause of his demise here. And I'll discuss that with Tucker on the other side, and we'll, we'll try to get Tucker's opinion on that. I have a very, very good opinion about that. I think it's twofold. I think what has led to the demise of Carson Wentz is obviously the ACL injury. I think when Carson came back from that injury, he came back a half a step slower. He might have come back a little bit less confident in his physical ability as well because he didn't want to suffer yet another injury. So I think the ACL injury plays a huge part in what led to this point in Carson Wentz's career. Then I also believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have failed Carson Wentz. They failed him in all aspects of how a franchise can fail a quarterback. They failed him by, one, most importantly, not providing him the weapons and the tools that he needed to be successful as a quarterback. And number two, they failed him organizationally by one, drafting Jalen Hurts, and two, just this, like, you know, the thing from the spring was, and, and it's a very infamous quote that Howie said, and I'll never forget it, and we here in Philadelphia will never forget it either, was one of the explanations about the Jalen Hurts pick was, well, we're a quarterback factory. And we like to think of ourselves as a, as a way to keep developing young quarterbacks for the future. Well, you know, I didn't believe it then, and I certainly don't believe it now, but I think that really messed with Carson. I think it really did. I think he's the type of guy that needs to feel that love. And I kind of go back to the Zach Ertz thing. You know, these are younger guys in their mid-20s. They're not – they were raised in a generation of not necessarily resilient people. Resiliency is not something they were really taught, possibly coming up in society at that time. And I really believe they need, they need their egos stroked and they need to have certain warm and fuzzies about how they go about 
business in this organization. And I think the Eagles failed um, Carson by providing that. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it. I think in life, and especially professional sports, it's really what have you done for me lately situation. And to think anything else, else is, you know, immature in my opinion. But I'm not Carson Wentz. I'm not 25 years old. I'm not Zach Ertz. I'm not 27 years old, whatever, however these guys are. So I think the team failed him organizationally by not providing him the support that he needed from a upper management way. And I think they also failed him by not providing him the weapons and the tools. And again, I'm not saying I agree with that concept that Carson needs his ego stroked and Carson needs certain platitudes delivered to him in order to make him feel good. But I think there's definitely something to it. And I think Carson feels abandoned by the Eagles. I think he feels like he is the scapegoat for what has become of this team. And we'll get into all that with Tucker on the other side. And it's um, it's going to be interesting for me to hear what Tucker has to say about it. And then, of course, tomorrow we will be back um, for the Eagle pregame show. We will, pre- we will preview week 14 in the National Football League, more specifically the Eagles-Saints game at the link. The first career start of Jalen Hurts. And, of course, uh, again, I harken back to my own prediction back in May 8th when I said that the first game you would see uh, Jalen Hurts start would be the Week 15 game against the Cardinals. Now, of course, I was one week off, so I was wrong. (laughs) I'll accept that. I was wrong. He's starting in Week 14, not 15. So uh, I I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. But – We'll discuss that with Kyle, and I'll, and I'll get Kyle's opinion on all this as well. So a lot, lot coming up over the next 24 hours. I'm trying to work on two other guests um, to have either this weekend or early next week to keep this train rolling and begin to talk a little bit more um, Eagles. And, of course, we're going to like move up, move away from the Eagles. I think now as, we're, as I like to equate this game tomorrow and then all the remaining games for the Eagles in 2020 as the – opening games of the 2021 NFL Eagle preseason, because I believe this is how these games should be viewed by fans and by the organization alike. I think it's time to see what we have on this team going forward as we hopefully enter an offseason where there's significant change on this team, uh, both from the management standpoint, the roster, the coaching staff, everything. I, I hope that it's a it's one of those offseasons like we've – been yearning for which we need so hopefully they treat these games uh these remaining five games or i'm sorry remaining four games as as the beginning of their preseason as the beginning of a, an opportunity to take a look at what, exactly what they have going forward into the offseason so we're going to move off the eagles a little bit uh there's a lot going on the uh, nba preseason kicked off last night uh the regular season will start here on december 22nd um and of course the sixers coming into this season really revamped and retooled their philosophy and their front office and their coaching staff. And they brought in some different players. There's some talk of more players coming. So I'm going to sit down and and chat with Anthony Foley here, hopefully very soon and get his take on what the Sixers have done, what they still need to do and what, you know, what the NBA is looking like as we get ready to start the NBA 2021 season, the national hockey league this week, they haven't announced it officially, but all signs are pointing that the season will kick off on January the 13th. Now there's some 
there were some roadblocks that were in place for this. Of course, the original date was January 1st, but the owners kind of went back over the CBA and kind of had some issues with the CBA that they signed in July. And obviously money related and obviously COVID related about what the landscape would be in January. I guess the owners thought maybe there'd be, we'd be further through COVID than we are currently right now, but uh, they agreed to something and then decided that as things weren't looking quite positive that we were shaking COVID loose, they went back and basically said, well, you know, we got to talk about revenue now and we got to, you know, because we stand to lose a lot of money to start the 2021 season. The players said, well, you know what? They shouldn't sign the agreement. So there was a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a struggle there between the owners and the players for that, but they got past it. Um, the financial situation has been stabilized and both sides are going to adhere to the CBA. Uh, but we, of course we've missed that January 1st deadline or that target January 1st start date. So they've readjusted that start date to January 13th camps right now are, will tentatively open up on December the 20, I want to say the 9th, I believe it's the 29th. Yeah, December 29th is when camps will open up. And then the season will begin on January 13th. Now, there are some nuances that will be present this year that, you know, obviously are not normally present in the NHL. The league has no other choice but to realign right now because of the COVID situation. Now, the vaccine has been approved by the FDA. It happened this week. It happened, I think, yesterday or the day before. So the vaccine is coming. It's out. Um, obviously, though, there's a precedent or an order of people that are going to get it or it's going to be available to frontline workers, you know, doctors, nurses, emergency personnel, police, fire. All those individuals will be first on the list to get it. And then it'll be trickling down through the population from there. I believe the general population of this country will have full access to the vaccine by by March, I believe. But we're going to start the season, uh, and the NBA is in the same boat. We're going to, they're going to start their seasons really under the COVID restrictions that everybody else that we've been under since sports came back. Now the NHL is not going to a bubble; they will play at arenas, but they of course won't play in front of fans. Uh, depending on, of course, what state you're in or what province you're in, but because of the the, the COVID issues um, and the border problems between the U.S. and Canada right now. The border remains closed um, between the United States and Canada for only essential travel, you know, and traveling to an NHL hockey game is not really essential. So the Canadian government's pretty holding steadfast. Now, I believe the current agreement or the current border restriction ends on December the 21st, but don't get all excited. They've been setting dates and pushing them back, setting dates and pushing them back, setting dates and pushing them back since March. So I'm sure by next week, there'll be another announcement that the border will be remain closed until another date and probably in January. So traveling in and out of Canada uh, remains non-existent right now. So what the NHL is thinking about doing is realigning the league into uh, four divisions, uh, call it an East, a South and a West and then a Canadian division. So what they're going to do is essentially take all the Canadian teams and put, put them in their own division. 
So you would have the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks essentially being in the same division. Down here in the United States, you're going to have a seven to eight team division with your regional affiliates. Uh, for example, the Flyers are going to play in a division. And again, none of this is in stone, but this is what they're, I believe, haggling over right now. It's kind of finalizing what the league is going to look like for play, at least to start the 2020-21 season. Uh, the Flyers will be a division that will consist of themselves, the New Jersey Devils, all three New York teams being the Rangers, Islanders, and Sabres, the Boston Bruins, uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, there was some talk about moving the Penguins to a – like doing a um, an East, a Midwest, South, and a West, and the Penguins would end up in the Midwest division with teams like Columbus and Chicago – Nashville, you know, that kind of a configuration. But I don't, I, again, I don't know where they're at with that. Um, but I believe it's pretty much been narrowed down to a Canadian division, an Eastern division, a Southern division, and a West division, consisting of about seven or eight teams per division. So they're working those details out. Obviously, they're probably finishing the details of a schedule and, you know, the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. Now, more than likely, both for the NBA and the National Hockey League. The season is going to begin under one set of restrictions for COVID and probably loosen and lessen and hopefully end during their play. I believe the projected Game 7 of this year's Stanley Cup Finals would be sometime in early July, which would put them maybe, I don't know, 10 days behind on a usual um, NHL season. So... The hopes, of course, are is to get the 21-22 season off in October and a regular, regular season. You know, no more, no more of this nonsense. So a lot going on. Same thing with the NBA. The NBA is going to a 72-game uh, season. They're not doing 82 games this year, obviously. Uh, and um, the Canadian representation of the NBA, which, of course, the Toronto Raptors, they will not play in Toronto to start the season. They will start in Tampa. They will be known, I guess, as the Tampa Bay Raptors. Uh, they will play their games in Tampa until uh, further notice, until I guess the restrictions are lifted and Canada can, you know, traveling back and forth across the border is, is allowed. So sports is, is, is steaming full ahead. The baseball season right now, there's no um, talk about postponing that. I believe that by 1 April is when we're going to start the baseball season. Restrictions might be very loosened by then. Uh, by this point, will be, what, four months into the vaccine. A lot of people are probably already would have had it. And um, they should get their season pretty much off and running. And then as, as they move through it, gain more and more momentum and steam. So the baseball season looks very doable under regular circumstances you know cross your fingers they may start off with some fan restrictions in some certain cities but i don't see a a stop to that and of course the world baseball classic which was uh, is scheduled to go down in mid-march which is always fun it's it's really to to a baseball fan and, and especially you know i'm a baseball fan i am but it's a long season and i'm a phillies fan so typically those long seasons end for me in july or maybe june and it's sports hell until football. But 
when you can start watching like meaningful baseball in March, which the World Baseball Classic obviously is like a you know a tournament against the teams of the world, it really helps kind of light the fire for me at least when it comes to baseball. Being a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, so and speaking of course of the Phillies, Dave Dombrowski is the new um, president of baseball operations, uh, former Red Sox GM who built championships there. I mean, he's been all over the league, you know, with a lot of different teams. So moving to the Phillies and talking Phillies baseball is definitely something that needs to be done too. So as I don't want to say we're kind of winding the Eagles down because we have there's so much more to be talked about with the Eagles as we move forward into the months ahead, into the um into the offseason. This is going to be one of the most um Interesting off seasons, I believe, that we've had in Philadelphia with the Eagles for a while. So the Eagles will remain a topic, a point of discussion. But I think it's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's time for me to start broadening out a little bit again, uh, getting back more into the Sixers, the Flyers, and then start start with some Phillies conversation. And, you know, college basketball. Villanova's off and running. Temple is kind of off and running a little bit. They've they've started and stopped, but it's a good time of the year. Time to get broadened. Time to get a little bit more out there and, and, and you know investigate other areas of Philly sports. And you know I'm very um, I'm looking forward to that. So stay with me on the other side of this pod. Tucker Bagley will be with me, and we will talk. What is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles? What is what what is going on? What has led to this point, and what do we got to do to fix it? So. Hang in there, uh, tune in to the other side, and I will uh, I'll be I'll be coming right back at you with Tucker. <laughs> 